0: and all right here we go uh been a little bit of hectic week didn't even know if we'd have a chance to get an episode out this week been a crazy week but uh here we are finally linking up to record been several missed opportunities charlie fox in a different country landing back in eugene oregon grinding on some assignments i'm sure he had some missed classes that he had to make up uh but how was your time visiting our parents in mexico
1: um it was great good weather um, Got some nice fishing in. Ate a lot of Mexican food. Nice. Um, not much else to reflect upon. I mean, yeah, it was very nice. I didn't get the chance to roll out there, which I wanted to do, but there's not much time. I spent a lot of time fishing. For sure. So. Yeah.
0: No, I'm excited for uh, spring break, dude. Like, I uh, really need a break.
1: <laughs> I'm, yeah.
0: really, I'm really, out, really out here grinding. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's hard right now. Um, but anyway... Uh, we're, we're moving along, you know, we both got tough lives. We're young. It's the nature of being young is a tough life. So, uh, I can ask you now to start our kind of personal touch. And I actually find that like, we've been getting some, some good reactions from the, uh, the personal part of our episodes, cause we can be really poignant. Uh, so, but this is like, not as pointed of a question, really. It's just like kind of random. Uh, but what do you think your wildest moment as an athlete was like unexpected?
1: Uh I mean you already funny.
0: so you already talked about pinning that kid from Gary Comer, but did you have any more like I know your judo match where you were killing that kid and then he threw you? Is that is that a is that about I mean, yeah I
1: consider a well moment. you know I didn't really have two I mean I had matches in my wrestling career where I was kind of a big move guy, so um some matches I can kind of look at or um uh wrestling Burton Hills. Right, that was a big one. I was just thinking about that uh i would probably say that was my wildest moment but uh, yeah it was a pretty tough kid um he wasn't like the best or anything but you know you kind of did a job you always kind of did the job to like hype up some of the people yeah. i was wrestling well against. i actually
0: believe his little brother and don't quote me on this might be in the state semis at heavyweight right now really the really big guy yeah max the valerie max. always beat up on no, no no i think it's it's well it's Vito's little brother so I don't um, Okay. Know exactly yeah. It. But, he's um, he's either in the state semis or wrestling back at state right now. Oh, is it? Uh, is the state tournament today? Yeah. You didn't know that was happening right now. Yeah. We're um, just uh, talking about
1: that a little bit. Yeah, we I didn't like, like,
0: uh, Evanston didn't have any state qualifiers, unfortunately, but, uh, your boy, David Sanchez, one match away, uh, yeah, tough yeah. looks for Anthony Joyner, just punishing into a season really close twice. And then you talk about close. I mean, Marco Cerisi was as close as someone gets to make it into state, but, uh, Shout out to those guys. Those are my kids. Uh, but, you know,
1: uh, yeah, so practically, um, at least Marco's got time, right? Marco's got yeah, time. He'll definitely have a great career. Yeah, Marco's got fresh off now. He's probably the best sophomore in the state. So, Yeah, maybe he can win that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Um, that's, I mean, I didn't even get to answer the question. But your question was, yeah. So your question was, <laughs> but it was it was Vernon Hills, right? Yeah, Vernon Hills. I threw the guy and pinned him in the first period. Uh, I was expecting it to be a close match. Well, yada, yada, yada. What about yeah, yourself? Yeah. Uh, I would say the Greco state finals in
0: eighth grade. Uh, I mean, obviously like round seventh, eighth grade, freshman year, sophomore year is when I like had my like biggest wins in wrestling. I mean, I obviously have won a lot of big matches in college. Once the big matches my junior year, not so much senior year, senior year. I kind of had an uh, off year cause I was injured for the majority of the year, but eighth grade, I only had three kids in my bracket at Greco state. Uh, destroyed the first kid very quickly. And then I wrestled this kid from Martinez Fox Valley Elite. He ended up going to Willowbrook and having a pretty good career there, Uh, Tyler Guerrero. And I just remember thinking that the kid was like good six, seven inches shorter than me. And kind of like, you know, I mean, we were in eighth grade wrestling 160. So he's a little heavier set. Uh, And I threw him right away. So I was winning by a big margin, but he started to climb his way back into the match. And I had pancakes in the morning. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I started to feel it in my stomach. I mean, I was Are an eighth you know, pancakes, the baby. I place. was an eighth grader. I didn't really get it. Okay. But then so uh towards the end of the match, I'm up 10-9. I really had run out of steam. And he tries to go for an arm spin. I step outside to his back for four, and I had him on his back with about 15 seconds left. So I was gonna win the match, even if I didn't get the pin. I was up 14 to 9. And out of nowhere, this dude just starts punching me in the face. He's like really? literally starts punching me in the face. And I'm looking at the ref. And the ref's just standing there, like, and he's like punching me in the face. So I take my chin and I put it into his eye. And I just hold it in his eye and I just rub my chin in his eye until the end of the match. And so at the end of the match, after everything's over, the referee said, "Hey, other guy, you shouldn't have hit him in the face." Two points to Izzy after the whole match is over, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, so that's sixteen to nine. Also, I wanted. You, oh, never mind. I don't even want to get into something I saw online this week from Illinois from wrestling in Illinois this week where someone some ref called a pin where a guy was laying on his belly i don't, know, I don't know if you saw this video but uh if anyone no, like, has any curiosities like i could send them a link it's like the worst thing i've ever seen and i'll show you the video after we're done filling
1: yeah, cool. there's certainly some bad refs like some basketball refs that were just like filling in as wrestling refs. yeah um, i mean I scored
0: but, oh do you yeah remember like uh, your the mather tournament your freshman year
1: Mm-hmm. oh yeah I, mean, I actually remember exactly that. Exactly.
0: that guy literally ran next door to coach a middle school basketball game when you guys were <laughs> done <laughs> all right let's get I mean the, the, the personal stories are funny but uh, we got a lot of really crazy fights to talk about uh, and from this last weekend uh, UFC 271 a lot of stories coming out of this card uh, want to start with the main event I know you saw it a certain way I definitely saw it the other way Uh, I, I thought that Robert Whittaker won the fight. I thought he won uh, rounds two, four, and five. Uh, definitely lost round one. Uh, uh, close round three, but I I thought that he lost. I thought that the takedown was not enough to deal with the output. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, in my opinion is this, I think we've gotten to a place in the sport where, uh, the champions like presence and the things that they've done outside of the particular fight that they're in are winning them fights. Like we, we know what an, a leg kick from Israel Adesanya is because we know what it's done before. So we're, we're judging it based on that as opposed to what it's actually doing, in my opinion. And not to say like, I'm crazy upset. Like I, I, the night of, I thought Rob got robbed. Uh, but now, you know, I'm not bullish on picking Rob. Like, I think he won. I think he won three to two, but it was a close fight. And that—that's my—that's my argument. I know you saw it the other way. I know you saw it like four-one Izzy. Is that how you had it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I thought. Um, no, I thought it was three-two. I thought the uh, second round was definitely really close. I gave Rob that round. It was a great bounce-back round, and he definitely. Fifth round. The fifth round wasn't really there. The fifth round wasn't close. Rob definitely won there. round. So I just scored it three to two for Izzy. I just think at the end of the day, like, um. Uh, Izzy was, like, a lot more accurate as a striker. That's true. Um, and he also, you know, Rob kind of had his back against the cage the whole time Um, on the feet.
0: Well, what I wish is that, like, you know, Rob was had all these opportunities. I think he was landing the bigger punches, the harder punches, middle of the fight. Uh, but I think he was really hesitant to pull the trigger because of what happened last time. And then, he, you know, he took the back of Izzy midway through the fourth uh, and was looking for the choke. But then when Izzy pried him off instead of, grabbing and regoing for the takedown rob kind of just pushed him off uh because he thought okay i'm scoring points and i'm letting him go but in a situation like that i really feel like you got to press the issue uh it might be you know i think rob is 1a at middleweight right now and it's really tough uh but yeah i mean if a performance that that good from rob isn't going to take it from izzy i really don't know who at middleweight can to be honest
1: yeah I understand that you saw it, you know, scoring a around. I just, no, I mean, really, the, the
0: only, the only, the only round we disagree on is round four.
1: Yeah. And I think you're absolutely wrong. Though. About and round four? Just about the entire fight. i are no,
0: no, not, not wrong about the entire fight because I agree <laughs> with you every round except for round four.
1: Yeah. But even so, like, you just, it would just seem like it was Izzy's, bought at Izzy's pace the entire time. And I see what you're saying about like the champions, you know, control it but the, there's nothing new there I mean, that's been a thing since like the boxing in the freaking 60s since like this 50s and 60s i agree so but how, i just don't think it should be that way
0: right like i think uh, people should be judged on how they fight not based on who they are and what they mean
1: right and, and like your point about the how we've seen what adesanya's leg kick can do i don't think that's necessarily the reason it is i just think to be able in order to be a champion you just have to have somewhat of a doubt. Uh, I mean, that's just how it's always been in this sport. It is, it is
0: how it's always been. I agree with you saying that, but I I think that old adage of you got to beat the champion to like be the champion. I think if you win the fight, then you should be the champ. I think mm-hmm. if you like have a better about, fight like, than, decision than the other. It, I, I, saying, I, I, I've gone back on saying that. I don't think it's a bad decision anymore. It was a really close fight and I've seen judges make worse decisions, but for Mike Baltron, who's like a referee that I respect very much, to only give Rob round two is ridiculous. He only he didn't give Rob round five. It was oh, only round just four. round
1: two. I mean, round five was clearly Rob's best round.
0: Yeah. So he just gave Rob round two, and then the other two judges gave Rob
1: four and five. So um also. There's been like if we talk we talk about like all the times that John Jones fought. And like literally, oh, so I, like yeah, I agree and with that. Like in that Dominic Reyes fight, that was not really even that close to a fight. Lost, he lost that fight. I think he lost that close. Yeah. I, I think,
0: think he lost to. Uh, I don't think he lost to Santos. I had I scored that three two for John Jones. I do think he lost to Dominic Reyes though. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, mean don't know that
0: fight about that, but like I mean, it's, all
1: at the end of the day, we all knew going into the decision that like John was gonna win because it's John Jones.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's tough, man. I, uh, I wish that they would have more former fighters in that spot. And I wish that they would have like, you know, I mean, I love Mike Beltran, mustache man. Like we love Mike Beltron He's a, he's a great ref, but he's pulling double duty, right? He's refing on the same night that he's judging. And I mean, there's only so much focus you have as a professional in a high pressure situation. Right. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think things should be different. I'm not upset that Izzy won. I'm a really big Izzy fan. I'm looking forward to him fighting another guy that had a great performance on this card. But uh, yeah, man, I, it just pains me for Rob because I, I really did think, like he said, that he did enough. But uh, it's it's like you said, like, yeah, I guess it has to be more convincing. All right, moving on to the biggest story of the card by far, Shui Vasa himself. With most like like the most surprising result we've seen since probably Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades, I think the, the well, I mean Amanda Nunes, but like I mean I didn't really see a way in the world that Ty won this fight.
1: Yeah here's my reaction on the fight. I think Derek Lewis, I like, completely overlooked him, certainly. Um, he thought we're
0: gonna take downs, huh? They're trying to try and, and takedowns.
1: No, not even that. It was just, like, if we would have seen the Derek Lewis that went out there and thought he was, like, fighting Curtis Blake, you know, a, a lot more put together as a striker and a fighter, I don't think it would have been all that close to a fight. But Derek Lewis thought he could just steamroll him and try to go in there and swing and hit him with one shot and knock him out, and that's kind of what Ty's game is too. And clearly, you know, not only did he gas, but he got hit with some big shots. And
0: So I saw, like, definitely Ty's best performance. Uh, I'm really glad for Ty. I mean, I'm not glad for Chris Dawkins, but uh, Curtis Blades got matched up with Chris Dawkins. That's a fight that Ty does not want. Yeah. Because Derek Lewis took him down very easily. And Derek Lewis has never taken anyone down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like I said, uh, Ty's only way to win this fight was going downstairs into the body early. He did both of those things. Uh, Had a game plan stuck to it. Uh, I think Derek used the wrestling because... I think he, he was surprised that Ty was still standing there, to be honest. Uh, I think that uh, you know Ty's chin surprised him and just hanging in there, Ty was surprising. I mean, he showed his real power and his willingness to, to stand in there with Derek and swing and bang. Uh, where
1: do you go with both of these guys now? Well, I have one more thing to say about it. Like, I understand for me at least, yeah, sure. the outcome to the fight was certainly surprising. But there was nothing like skill wise that I saw in the octagon that surprised me really. Like, okay, um, we knew what both of these fighters brought to the table. We kind of knew, you know, what um, the fight was going to look like. Okay. Um, it so happened that, you no, know, we saw one of those performances where Derek Lewis kind of gave up, in my opinion, he kind of just gave up on himself. Um, and well, it's different, right? Because like we've seen Derek give up on himself, like in the Cyril
0: fight where he actually gave up, but he actually got put to sleep though in this fight.
1: Yeah. He did we've, uh, we've
0: never seen Derek get put this leg before. We've never seen that happen.
1: Yeah, I understand that. I just think um, you know.
0: You think we just... didn't see the best Derek Lewis? Yeah,
1: absolutely not. Okay.
0: I, I I can agree with that. So we, where do you put both guys now? Because obviously Ty's on a bit of quite a bit of a run, four-fight run. Uh, Derek's in a bit of a weird spot now where he probably is looking to face like an up-and-coming contender. Uh what do you think?
1: You know, I know Derek loves to fight, um, and he's not looking to to retire right now, I'm sure. But I really don't see uh, much reason for him to stay in the game much longer. He does have a big name. I'm sure he can do something really good media-wise where he makes a lot more money than he would fighting. And so I think that's a good route for him um, because I don't really see him ever working his way back up to a title shot if that's something that he, he thinks is going to happen. And Ty, you know, um, he's at the top of the division now you got Sirogan, and he's ranked third. Who's ahead of him? Sirogan. So uh, Stipe and Sirogan and Francis. And Sirogan. So I, I think him versus Stipe makes sense. Sirogan is a horrible matchup for him, obviously. And both of those guys are – I think Stipe is a better matchup for him, Um, considering, like, this – I think Sirogan would take him down, obviously, and beat yeah. the crap out of him. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be tough for him regardless. I mean, I'm sure any any of those guys because he can only go up, right? a huge underdog against either of those guys, but love to see what he can do. Yeah,
0: uh, I think they'll probably do the Cyril fight because I have a feeling there we'll be seeing John Jones versus Stipe booked very soon here for the interim title. Uh, Given that Francis is going to be out with his ACL surgery. uh, But yeah, I mean, if if John Jones isn't back, then I say you put Ty in that fight with Stipe for the interim title, and why not? You know, Uh, Cyril. You know, Cyril needs to fight a wrestler. I thought they were going to book him with, uh, with Curtis Blades, but they didn't. So a lot of different ways this division can go. Heavyweight's like the most interesting it's been in a really long time, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Like if Jon Jones is for real, how his presence in the division actually is, as opposed to how he said it's going to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Now we can shit all over, shit all over Izzy and all of the big game he was talking on behalf of Derek Bronson. Uh, because the fight was looking exactly how I wanted it to look, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um he he had a couple takedowns,
0: right? Knockdown um, was about yeah. to fight at the end of the first round. Yeah. Ten eight, ten eight first round.
1: Certainly. I didn't think it was a 10-8 first round, actually. Okay. And I was um certainly scared for Derek Brunson. For or, Cannonier, for, yeah. Derek Cannonier, yeah, but um is like the second round started going on and you could just see like the toll that the shots were taking. Yeah. Like you could just see it kind of withering noise slowly by slowly. And it was like by the end of the second round, like even before the beginning of the stoppage, you could kind of see there was nothing left there. For sure. And you, you started to see
0: Derek not have any setups. Like you'll see what Derek does really well is he transitions from like using his hands to get the takedowns. Uh, he's got really powerful hands. He surprises people. And then he closes distance very well. And, like, towards the end of that second round, you start to see Derek just lunging from space for takedowns. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't even close on a lot of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, kind of just fell apart, to be honest. So, yeah, I mean, uh, is a real guy now. Uh, I mean, you said it yourself. You said that if Derek Brunson gets the first takedown early, he's going to win this fight. So, you said in the last podcast, I re-listened to it. You said that.
1: So, yeah,
0: and then understand. so no, no, but that's the thing that that's what makes yeah. Cannonier, uh a contender, like uh, such a you know interesting contender because he went through the same thing with Hermanson. Hermanson took him down, kind of beat him up in the first round too, not to the extent that Derek did, but uh, Hermanson took him down and was basically control that fight until uh, uh, Jared slept him. So, yeah, man, I think I you know I don't do I see him beating Izzy. Well, I don't know, but I mean probably not. But no. it's a terrible yeah. style matchup for him, right? because yeah. he's got to go forward and knock Izzy out, and I don't really think he can do that. But uh, I do think he's someone who can bring the fight out of Izzy, because Izzy's been getting a lot of flack lately for his style.
1: Yeah, um, that is certainly true. I think that it's a good matchup, obviously. I think it favors Izzy stylistically. It's more like a Paulo Costa type of matchup, where it's a yeah. guy who's kind of known to walk people down and uh, throw bombs. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the Powell Costa fight, we, we did see a more exciting Israel Adesanya, too. So, Yeah. Well, Izzy needs a dance
0: partner who's willing to dance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of guys have figured out kind of the way to beat him is to, while well, not stay on the outside, but it's to jam and create space. Jam and create space. And kind of just get him to react as opposed to having Izzy just t- getting his timing all the way up. Yeah. And
1: we right, really, well, we've yeah. seen a super high-level wrestler, like – like in that division i know like derek brunson is like he's really good wrestler, but it's not the same thing as like a islam makachev or a khabib so i'd love to see you know um is that the division where uh sean brady is in No, oh. oh he's bigger okay but Sean Brady's smaller Seven. oh he's smaller i would love to see you know is he that somewhere down the line fight a really high level wrestler like a hamza Chumayev. yeah that's what i was actually. <laughs> And how um, that, that matchup favors Hamzat more than the Usman matchup does. Oh, for, sure. for sure.
0: I think it's a, yeah. I mean, well, it's different because Izzy's so big. And I actually think Hamzat would actually probably be bigger than Usman. But uh, yeah, Izzy's huge. Like the, the thing that I really took from this fight is that Izzy's not a small middleweight anymore. Izzy used to be a small middleweight. That boy is ginormous for 185. All
1: right. We got to move on. We're yeah, we're, on. we're going real slow. That's okay. All right. We'll
0: talk about Bobby Green a bit later. Uh, I, I don't think we really need to get into him now. I think we can talk about I it. I think that uh,
1: there is something to be said for uh, Silva de Andraj, though.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, wow, what a fight that was!
1: And also, you know, um, this guy he was 22 and 0 outside of the UFC. People don't remember that when he first went to the UFC. He's 20. Andraj was, yeah, really? I didn't even know that. Um, and he has wins over Cheeto and Henning Brow. Yeah. Three of his four losses in the USC are two really good guys: Rob Font, Petter Yan, and Lerone Murphy, who is undefeated.
0: Dude, this, said, guy, Ezra, this guy could be a real uh, dude, huh? Huh? This guy could be a real dude.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This guy, um, look for big things from him.
0: Definitely. I mean that that was a comeback of the year contender early. I mean, he was so hurt. He nice. was so hurt. I thought that fight was over for sure.
1: Mm-hmm, me too. That was yeah.
0: right, We can talk. We don't need to talk about Ronnie Lawrence. Good performance from him, but uh. Rock, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I we were texting during his post-fight interview and you noted that he was still unconscious in his post-fight Oh, interview. yeah. Even I'm, though
1: he won. <laughs> Even he, though he won. <laughs> questions were coming at him and he was just, it oh. was, was so bad. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he managed to beat the buzzer or uh, just skate through and win, but he was hurt. He was yeah. real out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about this weekend's card now. Uh, actually, a lot of interesting fights um you know people like uh it's an underrated card uh especially you know it's sandwiched between a couple of really good ones uh, but we're going to start at middleweight the curtain jerker are uh, two heavy hitting strikers Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Hassan. who are you taking
1: Oh uh, yeah this is a super interesting fight for me I mean for everybody that kind of knows these two guys yeah um you know uh, Rizak Hassan, kind of a flat-footed fighter, which is my one criticism of him. Mm. He kind of stands in front of guys. But, um, Joaquin Buckley, Buckley has kind of had his ups and downs in the UFC career. And I'm super excited to see, you know, who can land that first big shot. But in my opinion, it's going to be, uh, Rizak Hassan by KF. Yeah, anyway. I mean,
0: that, that's, an, that's an interesting pick. Uh, I do think your criticism of Hassan is correct. I think he tends to stand in front of guys. And Buckley's got such crazy power. Uh... That, you know, I, I really do think it's his fight to lose. I think his angled striking is going to get it done here. Uh, Joaquin Buckley by knockout. But don't think this fight goes past around and a half. I, I really don't. I, you know, this is KO written all over it.
1: It's hard to see any Abdul al Hassan fight going. Yeah. Far. I mean, Buckley too. Buckley has never been a decision, really. Yeah. He kind of fights a die or a killer die.
0: Yeah. Kill it. or die. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Lightweight. Uh, Jim Miller, who holds the record for most UFC fights, still kicking around, coming off a win, coming off a knockout, which we have never really seen from Jim Miller, versus the debuting Nicholas Mota, Mata, who I obviously don't know too well. Uh, who are you taking there?
1: Uh, yeah, I watched this uh, Nicholas Mota guy's uh, stuff from the Contender Series. I know it's going to be his UFC debut. He looked great on the Contender Series, though, super dangerous striker, well-rounded striking game, mixed it out very well. And um, I think he's gonna get the knockout against Jim Miller.
0: Uh definitely a hipster pick for me because I'm picking Jim Miller. Uh, hard fight for me to pick. Uh, I, you know, obviously Mota is the favorite. Uh, Showcased really great power on the contender series, but dude, your UFC debut against Jim Miller. I mean, come on, that's a really, really big spotlight for a kid who you know hasn't really established himself yet. And Jim Miller is one of the goats. Uh, never really fought for a title, but wants to be the first guy to fight a UFC 100, 200, and 300, which is just wild to even think about. Uh, And I want to see it happen. So I'm taking Jim Miller by decision.
1: Okay. Awesome. It's fair enough. Um, Those are a close pick for me. but um,
0: Yeah. All right. Heavyweight. Parker Porter, which is the most heavyweight name I've ever seen in my entire life, versus Alan Badeau. Who are you taking there?
1: Uh, yeah, so this Alan Badeau guy, uh, these, we haven't seen a ton of him in the UFC either. Uh, last time out, I know he lost to Tom Aspinall. This guy was supposed to be a really good striker, though. That's kind of his game, and Tom Aspinall just beat the absolute crap out of him on the field. Really bad. And, uh, you know, Parker Porter is a pretty experienced fighter. He uh, had some fights in Bellator. Um, He's got a couple couple good wins in the UFC. I know his only loss in the UFC is to Chris Daukis, who's certainly a good heavyweight. So I think Parker Porter is going to get this one done by decision.
0: Yeah, uh, Alan Badeau's record is a little bit inflated. He was on a three-fight win streak heading into the Aspinall fight, but all of those were overturned wins based on either disqualification or drug-related suspension. Uh, so really, Alan Badeau, like has almost no real track record in terms of wins. Uh, Parker Porter, not exactly the most reliable guy, but, uh, you know, he has had a lot of experience, only lost in the UFC as the Dawkins. and I see him getting a first-round knockout here. Uh, Badoa really has not shown me anything that would uh, w- would evidence anything otherwise, you know. All right, uh, catchweight bout, 195 pounds, basically a middleweight fight. Uh, we got Kyle Dawkins coming off his no contest against Kevin Holland.
1: Uh you losing that fight? I don't really call. Was he you losing? You don't know, uh, you know, you know, you know what happened. I know they like bang heads and. But so he, he he banged. It was a cl- like basically even fight. Uh, they banged
0: heads. Kevin got knocked out, and yeah. then, but like the refs didn't stop the fight, and then Kyle jumped on him and choked him out. Kyle tapped, but then they came back and said it was the banged heads that caused it, so it's a no contest. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, in reality, like, all right. Yeah, well, you can make your pick. I'll let you make your pick.
1: Yeah. Um. Kyle Dawkus, certainly a solid fighter, also came to the UFC undefeated. He has lost to two opponents in the UFC, both super solid fighters though, Brandon Allen and Phil Hawes, who definitely have um, some good, good careers ahead of them. He's fighting Shane Pickett, um, who I believe has one or two fights in the UFC, also a Contender Series guy, actually lost the first time on the Contender Series. And won the second one. I think he's certainly an exciting fighter, but he's not up to the level of Kyle Dawkins, and I think Kyle Docus is gonna win by decision. Yeah, I'm taking Dawkins
0: by submission here. Uh, the the uh, Jamie Pickett's a really talented boxer, uh, but there's a real, real discrepancy in the ground game here. I mean, Kevin Holland is a really, really well-established black belt, and uh, when they were on the ground, I know Kevin was rocked, but, I mean, the way Kyle handled that situation just really, really impressed me uh, with his groundwork. So I'm going with Dawkins by submission. I really only think he needs one takedown down this fight. Do you know if
1: Cal Dawkins and Chris Dawkins are related? They're brothers, dude. Yeah, okay. Dawkins is, like,
0: not a common last name. Yeah,
1: but uh, <laughs> you never know.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Big one at light heavyweight in the main event here. Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. This fight was supposed to take place next month. Got moved up because Faziv and Dos Anjos got put in the co-main of uh, UFC 272. Uh, really been looking forward to this one for a little bit now. I'm so glad that it got moved up so we can see it. Who are you taking here?
1: Um Pretty I'm sure really I know. similar yeah. picks here. Yeah. These guys um at the beginning of their career, like Johnny Walker was I was very high on him. He had some super exciting finishes beginning of his career. He's got a really interesting build too. Um the biggest Jam- 205 pounder in the world. Huh, biggest 205-pounder in the world. You said yeah, he's Johnny like Walker. something absolutely massive. massive. Um but Jamal Hill looked like an absolute world leader in his last fighter. You know, Jimmy Cruz was an extremely tough guy, good striker that he was fighting, and it was just complete outclassed. So I think Jamal Hill is going to KO him pretty early. Yeah. On. So
0: the, the way I see this happening is like Johnny, we've seen two Johnny Walkers. We've seen crazy flying around Johnny Walker that would absolutely get knocked out by Jamal Hill in 30 seconds. And last fight against Thiago Santos, we saw the timid outside jabbing Johnny Walker who would absolutely get KO'd by Jamal Hill in 30 seconds. So <laughs> Jamal Hill by KO in the first round. I mean, the. The dude just look crazy like who nobody ever has done that to jimmy crew nobody's ever stopped like jimmy crew only ever lost was by a leg kick to anthony smith that just happened to hit the nerve and dead footed him like jimmy crew was basically undefeated if you count sean o'malley's logic so i mean honestly like dude this guy jamal hill is something real special and i'm, I'm honestly really uh, really really excited to see uh how, how this one plays out
1: have we ever seen him do any wrestling or no
0: uh not really. I mean, uh, Paul Craig pulled guard against him. Mm-hmm. And Arnold, All right.
1: Yeah, yeah, broke his arm. Yeah.
0: But I, th- I honestly think, like, if you're Jamal, you're never letting that happen again. Like, it's just it's a freak thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Paul's also really dangerous on his back. So, yeah, absolutely. He hasn't fallen a little bit. I wonder what's going on with him. Anyway, all right, fight news of the week. Did you see this? That the Detroit urban survival training guy will be cornered. Yeah, that month. dude is
1: so ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. I just wanted to like get your reaction to that first before we got into real news. Cause that's just like that's it's just what, what world are we living in right now?
1: <laughs> seen, like, Instagram stuff with them like through, like messing around in the room together, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Just like that dude is he's like Steven Seagal, right? He's yeah. like
0: or he's worse because people actually listen to him.
1: Yeah. He's going to actually get people killed
0: anyway. Like, I don't even really want to talk about it, but it it, it is funny, right? Like, it's funny. All right. Big news this week. uh, Benil Dariush versus Islam Makachev has been canceled. Bobby Green will be the replacement. Fight is happening now at 160-pound cash weight. I know this is one we were really, really looking forward to, and it's a real big stinger. This is definitely one of the biggest fights I was looking forward to this year. Uh, What's your reaction?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was looking forward to this fight. I mean, anytime Islam is fighting, it's exciting news. He's the guy, one of the guys that we are looking forward to seeing in the future, um, to be one of the best fighters we've seen in a long time. Kind of like a Khabib type of guy, you know, Khabib's little brother, uh, apprentice to to say, but in a lot of ways he um has some skills that Khabib didn't have in the striking, um, but, yeah, uh, I don't really see this fight being much different than the Dariush fight. I know, like, is or Benial Dariush is ranked much higher, but, um, and he's looked awesome lately. But I don't think anybody on that division or anybody, you know, except Charles Oliveira or Justin Gaethje are going to have really much of a chance against, uh, Islam, if you ask him. Then.
0: Yeah, um, really tough to see Bobby get rushed into this spot here. I was hoping to see him campaigning for a fight against Tony Ferguson. I think that's really a fight that would have made sense for Bobby at this point. Uh, You know, really good style matchup. Both of them really kind of throw caution to the wind and bang. uh, I think it also would have been a really big win for Bobby at this point in his career. Bobby's looked really, really good. Terrible style matchup for him. Like the worst style matchup in the top five. I mean, for anyone, but especially Bobby Green, who's been prone to some wrestling. Uh, I'll be rooting for Bobby on Saturday uh, just because, I mean, I love his story. I love the things that he's done. He's not going to win, but I I really, at this point, it's not like I don't need to see him win. I need to see him win maybe in exchange, or uh, maybe a round, and then I just want him to be able to keep justifying himself to be able to keep continuing to spread his message. And uh, you know, has father murdered at a young age, raised by a foster father, and is like really an inspiration for a a lot of different people. So, uh, Bobby Green's first main event going to come in a somber note here uh, because. Game moment. All right, Kayla Harrison considering a drop to one thirty five if she were to be signed by the UFC. What do you make of this? Because I, I, mean, she is real. But she
1: what? Because she, she's going to get signed by the UFC. But
0: if she if she were to get signed by the UFC, she would consider a drop to one thirty five. Oh
1: well, yeah, I know. What in the
0: PFL, at fifty five. Keep that in mind. Yeah, I know
1: she was like trying to do some um, some uh, negotiations with a different organization. that PFL maybe?
0: Yeah, PFL, but it seemed to be falling
1: through. Um, she wasn't getting what she wanted, and we were, you know at the moment we're really um, hopeful that she's gonna get signed to the UFC. You know, so I think um her looking at plans to make one thirty five, you know, trying to get her weight down right now, get her weight under control. That's yeah. a good idea. I know it's gonna be like hard. She's a you know she's took fights at to one fifty five, right? Well, all of her fights but one have been at one fifty. Yeah, one fifty five. So it's certainly not gonna be easy, and I don't want her to um you know, not look herself in the octagon because of the weight cut, but she has been in combat sports her whole life. And I have faith that she knows how to do this correctly. Keep this in mind though. She won her two Olympic gold medals at 171 pounds. That is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, so she's fought at 45 once in Invicta and fought at 55 every time in the PFL. Uh, she could make 45, but 35 is going to be, it's going to be tough. All right. Um, uh, I'm sure Adesanya's crazy new contract is not really that big of news, but, you know, second, now the second highest paid fighter in the UFC. I guess we can offer a brief reaction to that. I think it's what he deserves. I think he is the second, the most star power of any champion right now.
1: Um, Yeah, people know who he is. Um, You know, I kind of don't like him as much as I used to, honestly. You think it's just getting old? Yeah, and I just don't like his attitude anymore. I think he's very, like, he used to come off as a very humble guy, and now he, like, doesn't really anymore for, I mean, you know, he does win, so I guess. Yeah. um, But um, he does certainly, like, for a casual fan, he is one of the people that brings them in. For sure. Um, And his style, you know, is – this everybody loves striking, knockouts, head kicks, crazy shit, so – props to him all right uh cory
0: anderson versus Vadim nemkov confirmed possibly the two best two of, well definitely two of the top five 205 pounders in the world fighting for the bellator title uh what do you make of this i mean you can compare it to ufc booking glover versus uh yuri in april uh i mean wait wait i obviously i think the glover versus yuri fight is more intriguing
1: but does it compare uh yeah let me make sure is Vadim Nemkov the one that fought Ryan Bader yeah okay so I certainly think Vadim Nemkov is one of if not the best 205 pounder in the entire world right now yeah um, Corey is he, Anderson yeah Corey Anderson sad. just coming off that knockout of Ryan Bader looking really good yeah he did have uh a lot of ups and downs in the UFC I know for a fact um it's good to see them doing it, him doing his thing in Bellator, and I absolutely do think these two fights compare. Um, and I would love to see Vadim Nankov in the UFC one day. I mean, yeah, all yeah, hard. Think of this though: the
0: exact same night they're doing that, they're doing the Pitbull versus McKee rematch. It's the two biggest fights Bellator can put on, and they're on the same night.
1: Uh, when is on Michael Page fighting next?
0: I don't know, but he's he's fighting the dude. Fighting the really good. Fight. Yeah. yeah. I think that's coming up soon. I don't know the date on that one, but gonna be gonna be a tough look for for Mr. Page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. What a fucking fight this is gonna be, huh? I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, I think we talked
1: about this one. In the- no, I, well, I mean, we talked about that it should be made, but yeah, in an episode prior. Um, it's fight of the I year, It's a great match for a year. Honestly, you don't think it's a great match? Why? Why do you say that? The grappling. Oh, okay. We saw, uh, you know, this is a long time ago, certainly, but we did see, like, Yair get absolutely beat up by Frankie Edgar years and years ago. Yeah. And, um, I do certainly think Yair is an extremely high-level striker, and his striking is only getting better, which he showed against Max Holloway. Like, that was the best Yair we've ever seen. For
0: sure.
1: But Brian Ortega is also, you know, his striking game is constantly evolving, and he was never really considered to be that great of a striker at all until very recently. Yeah. And so I think if he can keep up on the feet, even a little bit, as soon as that it touches the mat, it's not going to look good for that year.
0: And this is very big with Zabit Magamicharipov, his return looming large could possibly find himself in the mix there. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm very curious to see how this one plays out. Uh, I think it's a fight of the year contender for sure. Both of these guys love to scrap. I've never really seen any of them in a bad fight. I mean, when, uh, you've never seen it either of them in a bad uh, fight, right?
1: It's impossible for guys uh, to be in a bad fight. I mean,
0: really, it. Brian, too. Brian's never been in a boring fight.
1: Mm-hmm. Brian,
0: mm-hmm. he scraps on the feet, and then he goes and he gets submissions.
1: Yeah, one of the most active fighters off his back we've ever seen in the UFC. For too. sure. He's so good there. It's so wild how good he is there. Yeah.
0: All right. And we already touched on Curtis Blaze versus Chris Dawkins. Again, I love Chris Dawkins, Terrible matchup for him. Uh, you agree? mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Sucks. What are you gonna do? All right. Oh, and then I just briefly want to touch on give some respect to Mike Swick, Mike Quickswick, uh one of my pair fighters from back in the day. You remember I think he used to fight at one hundred and fifty-five. if I'm not mistaken. He's now fighting cancer. Uh I know nobody like from his side of anything listens to this podcast or anything like that. But uh just want to send out some well wishes to Mike Swick. I was a huge fan of this back in the day. Absolutely. All right. Why don't you introduce our next segment?
1: Uh, Yeah, we got our, like, weight class, Izzy and Charlie fix shit, fix history type segment here. We love, like, picking old fighters against new fighters, making predictions, all that type of stuff. Uh, It's kind of like a fantasy fighting type of segment that we do here. Um, And this week, we are doing, like, fantasy fights from each weight class throughout history. And I believe we're not doing any women's divisions, right?
0: We're not doing any women's divisions just to get – for the sole reason, they haven't been around long enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, but I think there's some great I fights. we be like to see, like – Good picks here. Like and- Prime Ronda Rousey versus Prime Gina Carano would be an example. Or, uh, you know, or Prime Rousey versus Prime Cyborg. Go, Prime all, all good fights. You think Cyborg would embarrass?
1: No, versus Kayla Harrison.
0: Yeah, Rousey versus – oh, I think – Judo. <laughs> I actually think that Kayla is just everything that Ronda is, but, yeah. like, ten okay. times higher. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're starting at men's 125. I have a feeling we're going to have a
1: similar pick Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you probably have a Demetrius Johnson there, and I do not. I have oh. a screwdriver versus Brandon Moreno in Mexico. Interesting. I think, you know, those are two uh, Mexican-American fighters, right, and that would just be a huge, uh, you know, the UFC really likes doing stuff like that, like they had Robert Whitaker versus Izzy in uh, New Zealand. And I think not only would this be a great matchup, like stylistically, but it would be super fun to have it in Mexico. Definitely would be sold out arena, crazy crowd. would be a great fun.
0: Yeah, I went with DJ versus Moreno, but you're right. I didn't even think about it from that angle. I thought about Cejudo briefly, but I don't know. To be honest, I kind of think either of the best two flyweights in the world would beat up 125-pound under Cejudo, but I could be wrong.
1: All right, 135. Who's your pick there? Um... I had to slide our current champion in there, Peter Jan. He's one of the most exciting fighters of all time, and I pinned him up against the guy who I believe to have the most storied career at 135, who still fights in the UFC, but is far past his prime. I don't know if we had the same fight, but prime Dominic Cruz versus Peter Jan.
0: I was there. I was at that pick, and I have Peter Jan in there, Uh, but we never saw someone out Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz, like we did Cody Garbrandt that one night. Where he looked like the best bantamweight of all time. So Cody Garbrandt from that one evening. For one period. <laughs> That's
1: like a like it was like.
0: I mean, I it's fantasy fights throughout history, right? That I guess that yeah. that that Cody Garbrandt might be the best bantamweight who's ever fought. Okay.
1: Do you? Yeah. I mean, do, do you disagree? No, but like you're saying, one like that Cody Garbrandt from that one fight, In right. that one
0: fight exactly. Okay.
1: Sure. All right. 145. I think we have different ones here, but I'm really interested to see what you have to say. Uh, yeah. Um, my favorite 145 of all time, and I believe to be the most exciting 145 of all time, probably think I'm going to say Conor McGregor, but I'm not, is uh, Prime Jose Aldo. Okay. Back in like the WBC days where he was flying, kneeing people everywhere, knocking people out with the just the most dangerous knees, maybe, other than Anderson Silva we've seen in the history of the game. I would love to see him fight Alexander Volkanovsky, I think. That would be a... awesome. Well, he did, he, he did also fight Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, but it was, you know, he's not the same fighter as he was back in the day. I, I, I breezed
0: through that one too, but I went with uh, prime Conor McGregor versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I think it's a very interesting style matchup. I don't really think Alex is going to go take him down necessarily. Uh, Alex has good wrestling, but uh, yeah, I mean the length of Conor would have been really interesting for Volk to deal with. Uh Obviously, Connor still fighting, not the same guy. And Volks a fucking monster, quite possibly one of the best forty fives we've ever seen. Uh, all right, uh, one fifty five. I have, I have a crazy, I have a crazy pick here. One fifty five. If we have the same pick, that would be
1: hilarious. I think we might.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mike. I mean, I have. We probably have the same one guy, most exciting fighter in the history of UC, If you ask me, Justin Gaethje. Um, I don't have that one. And I'm pinning him up against another guy who's just an absolute madman in the octagon. Um, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I think this would just be absolute mad fight. Justin Gaethje versus BJ Penn.
0: Yeah, so I had BJ Penn in there. Uh, BJ Penn versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, and I know Khabib would beat him, right? But uh, Before Khabib, BJ was the best lightweight of all time. Uh... And you're probably right. Like that's probably the best fight to make in history. But uh, to see the the beautiful groundwork that would have happened in that fight would have been would have been really cool. I would have liked to see how that played out. Yeah, I, I
1: think just and Justin Gaethje both have that same type of wild man energy. Yeah,
0: violence, violence. <laughs> All right, uh, 170. Do we have the? Same one. I mean, I went really, really. This is, not,
1: this is not, yeah. This is the most obvious. I went really, really basic. We don't have the same. It's Usman versus GSP. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, there's no other really fight to make. The two best um. One seventy pounds of all time
0: ever, be. and <laughs> probably might ever will be. Who knows? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, the sports of all men. All right. One eighty five.
1: Um, uh, you know I, I like that we saw actually. Yeah, okay, you went with that one. I, I was thinking about that one, but all right. This is a fight that we saw. Um, with a fighter that was far past his prime, though. Um, I think a prime uh, Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya will be one of the craziest matchups we ever had, and I don't just mean like, you know, prime Anderson Silva with the skill set and with, but also like the mindset that Anderson had at that time, where he was the best in the world and nobody could beat him. Steroids too. I think
0: Anderson with steroids. Huh? Does Anderson get steroids? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I think. That will be one of the most compelling striking matchups in the history. Of this sport.
0: yeah, it's so funny that's how when Anderson doesn't have to get tested by Usada anymore, all of a sudden he's a top top ranked professional boxer. All of a sudden, <laughs> wonder how wonder how that's working. <laughs> but you know, all power to him. I love Anderson. All right, uh, and I went with a different different one. Uh, so you look at Israel Adesanya. I think he's definitely like got the biggest star power of any fighter in 185's history. Uh, didn't want to put him against Anderson. But- what Anderson? I mean, well, the sport term, wrestling like, wrestling, like the sport, the, the sport has grown, right? So we, we, we've seen that uh, Israel has become more of a star just based on the fact that he's reached more people because the sport has grown.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so when you look at Adesanya's fighting style, you need a wrestler. So I started with Chael. The Chael really, the like, prime Chael was great.
1: Yeah.
0: You can't say that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I really don't think. Chael's style of coming forward. I don't really think Chael had the best chin to deal with all that, right? I think you know, we saw him get knocked out by Anderson Silva, we saw him get knocked out a couple of times. We didn't really look good. So, who has the best chin and really good wrestling from the history of the middleweight division?
1: I went with prime Dan, prime what are you gonna say office You're gonna say Nick Diaz. Prime <laughs>
0: Dan <laughs> Henderson versus Israel Adesanya. Is Dan Henderson, the two weight pride champion? Uh who was maybe on some steroids, maybe not, uh, against Israel Adesanya that Dan Henderson could take anything, could take any punch and not get knocked out and he'll come forward and still wrestle you. Uh, and you know, I, I, think we saw like a preview of what that could look like when he fought, uh, Anderson, except for is not going to take down and submit Dan Henderson, right? Like Anderson did. So it'd be very interesting. It'd be a very interesting fight. Uh, and I think it matches up stylistically very interestingly and i I see you're skeptical but you
1: know all right 205 yeah 205 mm. very, very crazy. Up actually oops. Look up. oops what's the oops yeah. um kind of have a fight that already happened okay uh,
0: well let's let's just see it
1: um yeah. yeah and uh I'm not sure if this is exactly the era but uh, I think um, I have a TRT tour versus Anthony Johnson. wasn't aware that that happened until like about a couple minutes ago and I just looked. Yeah. But,
0: well, Vitor beat him, but it was at 85, so.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's yeah. 5 Anthony Johnson, you know, those are two of the, the most, you know, most uh, powerful strikers in the UFC. Vitor, super flashy, boxer, kickboxer. I think that would be a great one, but.
0: Yeah, so I beat him out. at eighty-five. It was the fight was scheduled for eighty-five, and then Anthony missed weight by twelve pounds, so they uh, moved the fight up to two hundred five, and Anthony had to weigh under two hundred five on fight day. So yeah, not, not
1: of, was really hit his stride in the UFC.
0: No, it was, it was the end of his first UFC run, last fight of his okay. first UFC run. All right, and I went with uh, a little bit more of a hipster pick, but one uh, you know that I, I we may actually get to see someday, and I really hope we do. Uh, John Jones versus Yuri Prohaska. I mean, can you flip and imagine how crazy
1: of a fight that would be? I think Gary would knock him out, dude.
0: And nowadays, maybe, but we don't know what John Jones is yet. We haven't seen him around. So it'll be interesting. All right, heavyweight. I have a nut job pick here.
1: I have a um, I have a pretty cool pick too. I think it's a fun one, certainly. Yeah. Um, takes, you know, our most marketable UFC champion, heavyweight champion right now, for instance, Gayo and puts him against one of the most fun yeah. fighters in UFC history, another one of the biggest stars the UFC has ever seen, Brock Lesnar. I think, Gallery versus Brock Lesnar would be absolute madness.
0: Yeah, I was there first, uh, and then I, I kind of expanded my mind. I kind of thought, you know, Brock Lesnar got, you know, knocked out with body kicks against Alistair Overeem, and, you know, didn't really look – you know who – what? You know who looked – you know who looked unbeatable? Like, you couldn't, like – No matter who punched him in the face, he wouldn't get knocked out. Just keep coming forward. Uh, I would like to see Francis Ngannou versus prime Japanese Fedor and see what happened. Now, would Francis knock his head off? Probably. But would that stop Fedor? Who knows? He might just find his head, put it back on and keep going. So who's really to say, really? I don't know. Yeah,
1: I definitely sifted through that one, too. I mean, it was a Good pick.
0: Oh, no, it's a good pick. And I I was actually there for a while, but uh I moved on. All right. Uh now we got our, our fun one this week. We actually have a real funny one this week. Uh our, our top five game of the week. Uh we have this week we have top five best one-liners in terms of trash talk and other stuff. And then we have our top five hype trains that actually panned out. All right. Uh, no, uh no, want first? sure, yeah, because the other ones would be really funny. All right. Uh who's, who's your number five?
1: Yeah, uh, I can kind of introduce some of my picks. I mean, these guys, you know, it's kind of hard to find deep cuts in lists like this because, like, inherently by what it is, it's, like, people that were hyped up that ended up doing good. Yeah. Those type of guys end up being the biggest stars in the sport. And also we see, like, um, a lot of guys from the past. I mean, today we have, like, hype trains that kind of get big through social media or whatnot, but in the past. You had a lot of these guys that were really big outside of the USC, like in Pride or strike force or whatnot, that ended up coming into the USC and doing well. And so my number five, um, one of the greatest fighters of all time, who had a, a good career outside the USC, not as good of a career as he did inside of the USC, actually, but Anderson Silva, my number five.
0: Wow. You have all the way down to five. It's crazy. Uh, I have Kamaru Usman as my number five. Uh, you know, he was undefeated, and he was a dark horse in the division, the guy that nobody wanted to fight. Uh, but people were saying he's all hype, that he can't strike. And now he's just a world beater. So it would be interesting. All right, uh, n- number four for you.
1: Number four, another guy that had a great career outside of the UFC. Um, came in and immediately started fighting the title competition in the division. Pretty recent, one of the more recent guys. Uh, there was definitely some speculation, like, in his like before he came in, but as soon as that we saw him in the first fight, we knew like this guy was around to stay, he was the real deal. Number four, Justin Gage, yeah.
0: Number four, I went with a non traditional pick, uh, someone who's one of the biggest pay per view stars in UFC history, uh, had an amateur wrestling background, but was mm-hmm. mostly known for WWE wrestling. Uh, Brock Lesnar, my number four pick,
1: he's higher on my list, but uh. My number three, another yeah. one of the biggest stars in UFC history. Kind of had um, a shaky enter career, you know. Uh, now does some WWE stuff. Still a huge star. Just uh, her name carries a lot of weight. You're right. I, I missed that one. You're right. She came in, um, you know, kind of being the savior of and the the face of women's MMA. And she had a, you know, while she while it lasted, she was a world beater, Ronda Rousey.
0: Yeah, I missed that one. You're definitely right, though. Uh, my number three, I have the person who we consider to be the greatest fighter of all time, Khabib Uh Built up an undefeated record outside the UFC. Even inside the UFC, people were taking him getting punched in the face once by Michael Johnson as a sign that he couldn't strike, even though he was not hurt. And like he, to, he was a little hurt. I mean, maybe a little bit, but like you know, you see Khabib look like that, right? Like he gets punched in the face sometimes. It happens, but. Uh, People were not giving him the credit that he deserved till the very end of his career, and people still don't give him the credit
1: that he deserves. So, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, number three. Yeah, uh, that guy slipped from my list, honestly. Um, I think my number two pick, somebody that was low on your list, this guy was uh, one of the biggest pay-per-view stars, brought a lot of faces to the sport uh, in a time where the sport really was considered non-mainstream. The WWE had been around and was – you know, a lot more viewed for such a long time. And this guy brought a lot of, you know, the same antics to the sport, talking about how there was a horseshoe up in his ass or something. And uh, he's going to pull it out and beat him over the head with it. And how he's gonna he might get on top of his wife tonight, hell. And <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, number uh, two rock last Yeah,
0: uh, number two, I have our guy who we consider maybe right now to be the second best fighter in UFC history. Uh, had a meteoric rise to the top of the sport at the young age of 23, uh, possibly too early. But uh, Jonathan Jones, my number two pick.
1: Guys on my list either. I think um, there really is only one number one pick, if you ask me. Okay. You know, it might not even be on your list at all because you don't like him. Oh, but when you think about hype in the USC and somebody who really like, you know, he's the creator of hype. You know, he he was the hype. You're right. Yeah, I didn't put him on my list, but yeah, you're right. This guy is the most hyped up fighter in the UFC, and at the height of his hype, you know, when he went into that that 145 title fight, I mean, he knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, and at that very moment, he became the biggest star in the history of the UFC. You know, so number one, Conor McGregor.
0: You're definitely right, uh, but I'm a purist. I, I'm soulful for the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, so I want to not necessarily for the purist though. I went with Anderson Silva, number one, but he's, okay. yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, our best one-liners. I think we may have the same one in the number one spot, but I'm curious to see how the rest of the list is going to shake out. So yeah. you're number five. So here's my
1: thing with this list. Um, I kind of have some like stories a little bit more. Than yeah, but but I'll,
0: I'll sit here and listen. I'm ready to listen. I got nothing but time.
1: Number one is a deep cut that I hadn't really heard before, maybe slightly, I mean, offensive to some people. But apparently in some interview that i would never heard, Joseph Benavidez goes and says, I used to fuck guys like you in high school. Um, never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, pretty funny to me. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So...
0: I went with uh, for my number five pick. I actually I, I couldn't decide between these three Brock Lesnar lines. The one okay. you previously mentioned, uh, the the Frank Mir had a horseshoe up his ass, and I ripped it out and beat him over the head with it. On the Ultimate Fighter, he was uh, said to uh, today we're going to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is just great.
1: The fighters oh. got so mad at him because of that. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Oh my god! But then uh, the other great line was after uh, the fight. You know the UFC had just signed a huge contract with Bud Light or Bud Anheuser-Busch, right? Uh, Bud Weiser. Uh, and Brock Lesnar comes on the mic and he says, I'm going to go home and I'm going to drink a Coors Light, not a Bud Light because they won't pay me. <laughs> Apparently Dana like ran into his dressing room after the fight, and, like cursed him out. Like it was like, like he was like, never to matter. <laughs> it was crazy. But uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar, honestly, just an icon in terms of those one-liners and, really knew how to market himself, which is so crazy. Came and coming from where Brock came from, just like a small farm town in uh, North Dakota. And, you know, uh, I just watched a video actually on him recently where uh, it was talking about his recruitment to the University of Minnesota, uh, where he was just actually wrestling for a junior college. Had never won a Minnesota state title, but had done a lot of work in the weight room, done a lot of work at the junior college. And he just pinned uh, Minnesota's All-American Heavyweight. And then they were just like, who is that guy? (laughs) (laughs) And then he won two national titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Okay. Number four. I have uh, one of the most classic one-liners in history. Um, this guy actually appears on my list again later with a quote that I had not heard from him, but I just think it's like it's it's a great one. This is um, I, I use this line all the time, it's just a joke. Uh, George St. Pierre sitting in the crowd after Matt Hughes is, out. Matt Hughes wins. <laughs> <laughs> we love get, I love it. Um, I love it. Rogan comes up to him, asks George like a few questions, like they always do. And you know when uh, fighters are asked questions in an interview, ninety percent of the time they just do not answer the question at all. He just completely ignores the question. And goes, Matt, I'm not impressed by your performance.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, an absolute classic line.
0: He said like his manager like just told him to say that, and that he didn't really know English at that point. That's why he said, Matt, I am not impressed by your performance. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. All right, my number four is uh, Joel Romero after his win over Luke Rockhold, uh, where he sees Michael Bisping coming down.
1: Yeah. I love you, Mike. I love you. <laughs> I love you. You say you know wrestling, you know, you come to Cuba, I teach yeah. you wrestling, Mike. I love and you. Line,
0: great line from you all, iconic. Uh, Looking forward to see you all's return to action. We actually missed covering that above, but he's uh, scheduled for a fight on that same card against Melvin Manhoff, who's an awesome striker. And that'll be a cool cool matchup for him.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. You're number three. Um, number three. This guy's a quote machine as well. Um, one of my favorite personalities in the UFC, an extremely humble guy, one of the best fighters in the history of sport, if not the best. Um, he's got definitely some great co- quotes. Um, send me location, one of them. I mean, Um, these guys with the broken, the Russian accents, they always seem to kind of get the attention of the media somehow. Um, something, this is another quote that a lot of people use now, not even knowing that it really came and started from Khabib. number one bullshit. This is number one bullshit guy. guy. A lot of people really like use that now, not even knowing like it was current. It's,
0: it's, it's part of, uh, like, you know, the lexicon, definitely. My number three is actually a more recent one uh, spoken by, you know, a fighter that's truly a travesty, never hold a title, uh, spoken at a press conference uh, in his most recent fight. Uh, Tony Ferguson with the Dana White privilege line. Just an all-time classic line. <laughs> nah, man, you didn't work hard like me. You got Dana White privilege. like That's, that's a good one. All-time classic line.
1: All right, number two. So my number two is another one that I had not heard of until um, I was looking online today. And I think this kind of, at the same time that it embodies the fighter, that it is like completely and entirely, it is kind of like a weird quote for him. So George St. Pierre quote on the MMA Hour, when he was asked about like, you know, exciting things for him, he goes, there's three things that incite me a lot in life. A woman, of course, dinosaurs, the violence of the octagon. Like, that's just such a George St. Pierre-like thing to just slip dinosaurs in there, like oh, <laughs> the epitome of George.
0: All right, so I went with a more classic one for number two. You might actually have this in your number one spot. I wouldn't be surprised if you do. Uh, I went with Conor McGregor's uh, quote to Jeremy Stevens. Who the fuck is that guy? Uh Definitely, like, the most iconic one-liner in UFC history, for sure, but it's not my number one pick.
1: Um, yeah, I don't have any Connor lines. I really don't think, like, Connor is more of... Who a, the fuck is that guy? Like, you're not going to put that on your list? No. Um, I think my number one is really the funniest thing in that anybody's ever... Like, yeah, I think we're probably the same one. But... Um, it's Chael on on and I, I don't know exactly where this is from, of a media outlet, but he begins telling a story about... Oh, the, you're talking about that one. Okay. He begins telling a story about the Noguera brothers on uh, first time in the united states and he continues to tell this reporter that the you know Gare brothers stopped at a red light and started trying to feed yeah. carrots to a bus right. thinking that it was a horse and they were petting the bus and talking to the bus it's just you got to find it online absolutely hilarious story yeah
0: uh, there's a whole 50 minute uh like highlight reel of chael's best one-liners that i just watch on repeat when i want to smile it's uh MMA Fighting on SBN, uh, the same channel as MMA are. They have that. Uh, Dude, you just like – if you ever like depressed, just put that thing on. You'll be laughing instantly. Uh, I'm not going to actually say what my number one line from Chael Sonnen is because we're trying to keep a classy podcast here. Uh, But it was directed towards Tito Ortiz, and it was at a Bellator press conference, And that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Uh, That's our game of the week. I think we had some fun ones for sure. I like that we're taking some more deep cuts with these ones. Uh, We're just going to get our uh, little combat sports update. Not a lot to talk about in wrestling this week, uh, other than the fact that AJ Ferrari was in a car accident, and we we talked about that last week, but uh, now it's official that he will – what are you looking at?
1: Sorry. (laughs) Something more important? Uh, Dylan was actually – Dylan Elba was complimenting your weightlifting numbers.
0: No, yeah, I know. He swiped up on my (laughs) Instagram during the story, but – you, you, are you are you impressed by my weightlifting numbers? I've been putting in work. No, not really. Okay.
1: Good idea. Hey, easy. I'm not impressed. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I
0: knew it was coming. All right. Yeah. Uh AJ Ferrari out for the remainder of the season. The the dream of the five time national champion dies with him. Uh what are your initial thoughts about this after the car accident?
1: Um, very sad. Extremely exciting wrestler. Uh I think, you know, for everything that I didn't like about him, that a lot of people didn't like about him, he was very good for the game. Um, he was really good with marketing himself on social media, and um, terrific wrestler, obviously. Yeah. I do think I—I I mean, I don't know if he necessarily would have been able to get that—that that, that elusive, you know, five-time thing because. It seems like a lot of these guys, you know, they, they either, like, choke or they're a young guy, really good guy, who come in there and take them out, but I'm extremely sad about, you know. Probably. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he'll be back, right, so. Yeah. what it is. Uh, maybe he'll uh, be able to get a, a.
0: No, it's too late for that. it is? Yeah, but, uh, you know, I mean, we still, he still has a chance to get four, and he's still a really good wrestler. Uh, he's signed a deal already with the WWE, uh, so, Looking forward to see what he does. I mean, I'm not a fan of the guy. Not gonna lie, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, we have two questions this week. Our first one was from my former wrestling manager, Alex Gomez. Uh, thoughts on Sean Strickland, and where would you match him up next? Um,
1: I'll take a quick look at the rankings, really quick. Sorry.
0: So keep in mind that uh, Marvin Vittori is off the table. They're friends. That's where I went, but they're off, it's off the table because they're friends.
1: Okay, I don't give a shit that they're friends. First of all, <laughs> but um, how can you be friends with Sean Strickland? Doesn't sound like a together. No, I'm joking, but um, Sean Strickland is surely going to want to keep climbing his way up the rankings. You know, he's one of these good guys that's on a long win streak, and it would really be a shame to see him fight somebody below him.
0: Might be what has to happen though.
1: Yeah, I mean, either you have him fighting Derek Brunson. Which is um I think a pretty good matchup. It's Derek Brunson's last fight ever, probably. Yeah. Is
0: there Derek's Derrick, got one fight left ever.
1: We're looking down the list. I mean, Paul Costa and both of those guys on the other sides, and yeah. um, those are both very good tests for Sean.
0: Coaster is rumored to being linked to a match with Luke Rockhold right now, but that'll be interesting. the UFC
1: rankings, um, the UFC rankings has a line right now. Has Sean Strickland and Paul Costa both ranked fifth? No, nobody ranks it. I should not. Uh, I should email Chael about that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Actually, that's kind of funny. Um, All
0: right. Uh, So where I would go with this, I would actually go with a fight you just need to keep him busy, but also give an opportunity to a guy who I think has been working really hard and deserves it. Uh, I think Andre Muniz is going to submit Uriah Hall, and I think Andre Muniz should get that fight. It's a terrible style matchup for Sean, but if he wants to contend for a title, he has to prove that he's matchup proof. And uh, I think that it's a good fight to, you know, if Sean beats him, then he's the number one contender. But uh, I think it'd be the perfect spot to put Andre Muniz in if he if he's able to get over on your aisle. What yep.
1: do you think about that? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I think that's a great matchup. And then I would do
0: I would do Rob versus Vittori.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hate to see Rob like have to work. I mean, you know,
0: it well, just seems what like what else does
1: Rob do though? Rob can't go anywhere. And everybody get lapping, lapping.
0: I mean, Rob could go back to seventy. I mean, yeah. he really got no other path. He go up to 205. He's way too small for 205. Yeah. I don't know. It sucks. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Gotta go through it again. Marvin's dealing with the same thing. Marvin might be one C.
1: He really might be. Yeah. The
0: Vizzy's one A and Rob's one V. Marvin really might be one C. Middleweight's pretty stacked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh David Oso Aranda and why you wrestling. Uh thoughts on Joe Rogan. Uh, we could you know go in as far as deep or not as deep as you want on this whole thing. it's This is not a any kind of podcast that like you know goes into that kind of stuff. We know where we stand on vaccines and all that crazy stuff. but
1: you know, yeah, yeah I think it's like giving some some time into talking about Joe Rogan. Here's my thing. Um, certainly a great podcast host kind of ushered in the podcast game very much, so. Um, made it what we know it to be today, but you know, people have to know this guy is not a legit media, so news source. You know, it's not NBC, it's not CNN, so or Fox News so why do you. You I know, mean, you can't criticize the guy for speaking what his opinion on things are, and he tries to be educated. You know, he brings in um a bunch of you know very very educated sources, you know Sanjay Gupta, all these types of doctors. Um, and he you know. He stands his ground. He likes to have his arguments. Um, but yeah, people take it very hard on him. I do think you know he is kind of ignorant. Um, times for sure. Yeah, and on uh, you know not uh being able to admit that he's wrong very much of the time, and that is not a good quality to have, especially in somebody in the media like he is. But I think you know, yeah, it's just. That's my, that's my.
0: So here's where I'm at. Um, I do think that you know his apologies were, you know, good. I th- he apologized over Instagram a couple times. That clip of him saying the N word was really hard to watch. As a mm-hmm. fan of Joe's, uh, really hard to stomach seeing that. Didn't know that that was out there. Didn't really know. Uh, and I I really don't think context is even like could be a factor. There's not really an excuse. But at the end of the day. The guy's a comedian who hosts a podcast about mixed martial arts and doing drugs. If you're taking medical advice from him, you're stupid. Next question. (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, like people talk about his platform, right? But his platform is not his fault. He just wanted people to talk to and Spotify paid him an hour reported $200 million to, uh, to do it. So just keep doing his thing. I mean, you know, you don't have to listen. And I, you know, I'm not going to listen to a lot of his stuff because, I don't believe in all that shit, but hey, you know, I I really, you know, it, it's a complex issue, but no no excuse for saying the things that he said about that. Uh no excuse for ever saying that kind of stuff. But uh yeah, it's a complicated issue. All right, on to our last segment, our bets of the week. Did you look up odds this week, Charlie?
1: Um I did, but I only have one pick. Okay. And I, you know, Two Huh, two full units on two full units. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, I might lose, I might win, but I think you know, the odds are grossly under like appreciated here, whatever term you may use. Jamal Hill by KO in round one is plus 500 right now.
0: Well, I think it's the round one thing that's swaying. Yeah.
1: Um, big bad, but it could pay off. Yeah, he just knocked out Jimmy Crew in like 30 seconds, so I have two minutes on that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great bet. I think it could work. Uh, I have Hill by KO. That's minus 135. Uh, not maybe as great a value as your pick. Maybe should have thrown in the first round, but uh, I have half a unit on that. I have Jim Miller to win at plus 155, half a unit. Uh, I think I'm getting good value with Jim Miller there. I would have liked to see the line rise a little bit higher, but that's fine. Dawkus by submission. I mean, I think this is really the only way the fight's going to go, uh, but it's at plus 240, which is criminal to me. I'm going to take it at half a unit. And then uh, Porter Porter versus Bodeau inside the distance, which is almost certainly how the fight's going to end. I mean, uh, and I mean that's minus two hundred. It's a big favorite to happen, but I mean that it's just free money. So why not? Free mm-hmm. money. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Charlie, for making the time. Uh, again, we're busy college kids, but we're we're doing our best to put out some some good content. So we appreciate you guys listening. A few of
1: you who do. And looking forward to getting back to you sometime next week. Peace. Peace.